So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. You find out as a true crime reporter or web sleuth, no one's happy to see you when you're talking about a murder, you know? Yeah. And I'm very, I'm a very upbeat comedic person. And it's like, mm, there's no real jokes. You know, I mean, someone's entire family has died. They're seeking justice, but even justice doesn't fix all the emotional issues that they're exactly. going to have. So it was a great experience because I thought, oh, I am going to be, this is my niche. I'm going to do true crime. Well, once I did it, I, and look, some people are very, very successful in that sphere, but I did not like it. Yeah. And so that really, I'm glad I had the flexibility to, to do that. So I, I've tried many things until I've kind of gotten to the point of now the Sarah Fraser show is really, I will talk to anybody. And what that means is it's really my curiosity with guests. Mm -hmm. So it's from reality stars to people who blaze their own trail. I just had this really fascinating professor from Brown University. She wrote a book on pregnancy called Expecting Better and sort of debunking all these myths that women are told around pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And so I love having the freedom to basically Sarah Frazier, she'll talk to anybody. Yeah. So that's kind of where my niche has become, but it, it took a while to get there. Absolutely. So it sounds like uh, your recommendation would be, I'm going to paraphrase, but um, to, especially when you're finding your ground and finding where you want to be and where it makes sense for you and where you really flourish, um, to be bold in terms of your experimentation. Yeah. And don't Thank worry you. so much about like perfection. <laughs> be prepared to be bold. And if you Absolutely. find like, something that you thought that you might love. And I also um, have an appreciation for the web sleuth community, all of the other, but you might try something like that and find that you succeed at it, but that you didn't love it the way that you thought you were going to love it. So then 100%. go ahead and pivot. Some people have a very clear idea of exactly what they want to do. You know, that um, must be nice. <laughs> I commend you. Yeah. You know, people are, are using podcasts, they're realtors or they're selling something and they're using it as a way to give you some information, but to basically hook you into either their course that they're offering or their home that they're selling. And that's a great niche that work. That's what, how one way you can make podcasting work. Other people are doing it around relationships, but I would say if you, I would say to go into this with an open mind, if you just want to learn how to podcast and become a great host and a great interviewer, or you want to share your comedy. And like you said, just experiment and give yourself that time to figure out what is it that I really want to do. So that would definitely help for both, for both making this into something that is a revenue stream, but also is good for your mental health. Any yes. other sort of suggestions that you would have so that, cause it is, it, I think that people can think that it's a lot easier than it is. Um, and it's not easy. Yes. <laughs> it's very, yeah. Creating a podcast is, is much harder work. 
Um, well, you know, I always say this statistic, two things that I learned from, from podcast conventions and, and I distribute my podcast through Libsyn and what Libsyn taught me, cause I've listened to some of their talks is on average, you shouldn't look at your downloads for two to three years, which the minute they say that, you know, the, the entire audience is like, boo. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, I want 10,000 downloads an episode. Most podcast episodes get a hundred downloads per episode. Um, so, you know, I would go into it and just, you've got to kind of remove all those expectations and also really kind of wrap your mind around that it is going to be more work. Booking guests is a full-time job. Thinking about, do you want to co-host? Co-hosts are wonderful, um, but also they can be very difficult. I I mean, I co-hosted with people for years and then finally got to the point, one, from a financial decision, because I was like, all right, I actually want to garner some money from this podcast because I'm making money. But a lot of the times I'm paying a podcast, I'm paying an editor. So that was one of the decisions I decided to go out on my own. Um, Some people love podcast hosts, but I think that's another place where where niches need to be explored because maybe you want many different hosts. You want somebody different with you every time. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't. Maybe you value, hey, you guys don't care if you make any money. Let's just have a great time. So I think... Yeah, thinking about and also giving yourself some grace because it's definitely a harder thing than you think. Editing, booking the guests. And then if you do want to take on monetizing it, um, you know, there's a couple ways and I know you and I are going to get into that. If you join a network, they'll monetize it for you. You're going to make far less money if you decide to monetize on yourself or a hybrid version you're going to make more money, but it's definitely going to be more work. Right, right. So if it's all right with you, can we talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about the how to monetize portion? Yes. I love, this is my favorite part because I want, I am in so many podcast groups mm-hmm. and I see so many frustrated podcasters who love it and they're about ready to give up because they realize how much time it takes and they aren't sure how they can monetize it. Anyone who has a podcast now, and I'm not talking, you do not have to have thousands of downloads. I started monetizing my podcast with a thousand downloads an episode, Mm -hmm. which I know seems like a lot when the average is a hundred. But the reality is if you're getting a hundred, you can get 800, you can get 900. You are not that far away. So I started with just a thousand downloads an episode and monetizing it. How I did that, and I I tell people, the first thing you need to do is you need to get a Canva account, and you need to create a brand packet. And the brand packet needs to be one or two pages. No one's going to scroll beyond that. (laughs) And it needs to be, and even if you have 2,000 followers on social media, where do you really distribute and focus your time when it comes to social media? Maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's YouTube, maybe it's Clubhouse now, whatever it is, three or four places where you are beginning to get an audience or you already have one what the show is about. You need to do a quick survey from your friends to start. And lots of times, like Libsyn, for example, they'll run a survey for you. So what that essentially means is if they'll give you a link. So at the end or the start of every podcast episode, you can say, hey, you know, I I know a hundred of you guys listen. Could you go and fill out this survey and tell me your age, other podcasts you listen to, your income, your education level. So you need to give those stats to a brand because everybody's going to want to know who's who's listening because they're exactly. all looking for a target. So put together a two-pager on Canva. They even have, I think, like a brand packet layout. Yeah, they you. do. Yeah. 
boom, there you go. Some pictures of you, your co-host, what the show is about. That's the first thing you need to do. The second thing is once you know who that audience is, let's say it's got, you're talking sports and it's men ages 25 to 35. Okay, a quick Google search will tell you what the men 25 to 35 are interested in, what they drink, what they eat, what they buy, clothing stores. So begin to reach out to those brands. Brands now more than ever are interested in micro-influencers, one, because of cost. It's going to be yeah. more affordable to, to um, advertise with someone like me than it is someone like Kylie Jenner. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, and two, they're finding that my audience, much like even if you have a smaller podcast with 400, 500 downloads, your audience is very engaged. They're looking for you every single week. So if That's they true. can convert 10, 15% of your audience at a low cost into customers of theirs, it's worth it. Um, so definitely research what your audience is into, get the brand packet. And then lastly, you have to, it is the wild west of also charging for ad spots, uh, posts on Instagram and social media. A quick Google search will tell you, I think if you have, you know, 10,000 followers on Instagram, you can charge $150 a post or something like that. Um, I always incentivize clients. The more they buy, the bigger the discount they get. Yeah. Um, so play around with it. And, and at first you want, you just want some advertisers to take a risk on you. So, you know, work with them in their budget. Start with, if you, even if you could make $350 from a client to begin with, that's like your time and your co-host time for one week, yeah. you know? So that, and I would start local. If you have a show that is at all local, there is so much opportunity because local businesses are being priced out of local television in, yep. in the DC region, you know, to advertise on TV, thousands and thousands of dollars for a television commercial, thousands and thousands of dollars for a radio campaign. And a lot of, and those, they're having trouble because how can they really measure ROI? Yeah. Well, with podcasters, you get a code. You know, if their website, some small businesses don't, aren't always set up for it, but they usually, you know, you can say specifically to your audience, tell them that the such and such podcast sent you. So there's many more ways for someone small like myself to track ROI for clients. And then that's what they want to come back. And it's a much more reasonable price point. Absolutely. That's very, very helpful. I think in particular, thinking about the, thinking about geography and regional as a benefit is something that I think gets lost in that. It's just not even in the conversation. The fact that it is a benefit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And no matter where you are, I mean, even if you're not in the DC area, you're in Nashville, you're anywhere. I mean, so many bars, restaurants, entertainment spots. Um, it, I'm thinking like if you're a, if your target audience is 25 to 35 local boutiques, um, you know, and even companies like insurance, like, you know, we've seen during the pandemic, people are outside, they're gardening, they're doing more outdoor projects. Businesses in your area are looking to advertise and they have budgets. Yeah. And it's, and it would be a, a real opportunity for mutual uplift, right? Especially right now in a pandemic. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, and local businesses are limited too because they don't have enough, they don't have a big enough budget usually to play on the radio stations or the um, television stations, but they still want to get their word out. And it's very valuable. If you have 500 downloads a week, you know, 300 downloads a week and a really engaged audience, that's something. Yeah, absolutely. 
Huh. Sorry. I, now, now the, the wheels in my brain are spinning. Oh, no. Worries. no. <laughs> and I was like, this is really good. Cause I, I, I got into podcasting just, you know, honestly, I, I didn't think about it as I, I was, I was like, this is something that I enjoy. This is something that I believe in. Let me try it out. Mm-hmm. And for myself, I, I'm, I'm someone who really does like to look at the numbers. And that was previously how I was able to have any sort of success for myself was by tracking my analytics. But I mean, that was in like 2006 and, and, and in a different part of the industry and in a different time. And I always joke that internet years are like dog years. So we're basically talking about a hundred years ago. <laughs> so like what worked a hundred years ago isn't going to work now. But yeah, I started it. And weirdly for me, I wasn't looking really at the numbers. I was just doing this thing because it was something that I cared about. And yeah, and it was, it, it was basically an expression of my mental health and an exploration of, of that. But now that it, it, when what's funny is when you realize that like, wow, people actually listen to this. Like, yeah, like people like it. And like people that I don't know will write me nice messages. Yeah. And that's just like mind blowing because I just did it. Uh, I mean, like full disclosure, like my mother had died and I was kind of grieving and everyone kept talking about like mental health and self-care. And I was like, what the hell are these things? I don't even understand what these things are. And so I wanted to talk about like these kinds of things with people who are more in like health focused areas instead of like, let's say Gwyneth Paltrow, because most of the information that I was getting about these things seemed more like targeted ads and not actually healthcare professionals. So that's what I was doing. Yep. And amazingly enough, people were also interested in this about hearing what nurses had to say about mental health and self-care, et cetera. Um, But after having that kind of realization where I was like, oh, wow, people are actually listening to this. That's, that's so weird. Um, that feels nice. But like, what do I do now? So in my mind, I was like, those are all really, really excellent bullet point things that I can do or have done, but could do better in terms of scaling. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm always like at some point, you know, and everybody's different. Everyone, everyone is approaching podcasts differently. And maybe it's like, you don't even want to bring the monetization into it because kind of like how you started, it was just an outlet. And if that's how you're feeling in your gut, you should do that. For me, I always have made money in media. So simultaneously, I kind of wanted to learn how to become a businesswoman and get paid for my time. Exactly. But someone like your show, I mean, the other thing that so many companies are looking, so many companies are looking to podcast. You may even consider approaching a mental health advocacy group that has funding and saying, okay, Hey, let's, let's do, you know, 25 podcast episodes this year. I'll host it. And and you underwrite it for $20,000. You'd be surprised. I mean, a lot of people are looking for that because they can have their managers on, they can have, you know, therapists that they work with. I love getting creative because I'm like, Oh my gosh. You know, sky's the limit. It's this, if you have a fishing podcast, I mean, you could be yeah. going to so many, a fishing organization. You could be going to a big brand company. Um, you know, you could be saying to them, okay, underwrite this. I'll work with you. You can help pick some of the guests. I'll pick some of the topics. You would be amazed. I see that a lot too. There's so many ways to get creative. And it's like, what a cool thing. If you're doing this passion project, you love and then you're actually getting some money for it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you for all of that. Because I think that for the, the what we were hearing from our audience was that's exactly what they wanted. Is It is their passion project. And they're getting some traction off of something that is their passion project. But now they feel sort of like stymied or 
like they want to take a leap, but they don't know in which direction to leap or like, do they have permission to leap? Yeah. Oh my God. And, and, and when you say leap, what's their struggle? Like leaping financially or leaping to get more downloads or what? Um, so I think that how a lot of people would say like, oh, you need to invest in yourself, which is a terrifying thing in a pandemic. Oh, yes. because, <laughs> you know, like money is tight. And yeah. I think you can say invest in yourself, invest in yourself. Um, but that doesn't really come to the point that what if you can't afford to lose that investment? Mm 